Star Wars meets Platoon. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story like you've never heard before. At 17, Solomon Kwai joins the Imperial Army, becoming part of the Galactic War Machine. But will he survive? Get down! Lead the way and list today. Fearless Fred presents Mud 79, a fan-made Star Wars story. Available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. Back for another episode is Fearless Fred Kennedy. He is the writer of comic books such as Dead Romans over at Image which we talked about last time he was on the podcast on episode 107. But for this episode of the podcast, we talked to Fred talking about his fan-made Star Wars story, Mud 79, available wherever podcasts are found. We talked Star Wars. We talked the actual podcast, the creating of the podcast, and so much more. Check out this episode with fearless Fred Kennedy talking about Mud 79, his fan-made Star Wars story audio drama. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, Fred, Fearless Fred Kennedy. First of yes. all, before we get started, how did the name Fearless? I wanted, I meant to ask this last time. How did Fearless Fred Kennedy come about? Oh, I hate Fearless Fred. I hate the name. <laughs> I do. Because it's like a goofy radio guy name. Yes. And it's so when I was growing up, when we moved to Canada from Belgium when I was 12. And mm -hmm. I remember like I didn't know anybody, didn't have any friends. And I loved listening to the radio and I loved listening to the radio. And there was this one radio station, the bear, which was like a rock station in the, the explosion of the grunge scene, like the late eighties, early nineties. And so they were riding the wave and they were this amazing FM rock station that was independent that did whatever they wanted. And I loved it. And I wanted to be on the radio because of that station so bad. Uh, and then I got into broadcasting and I'd been working in these small little markets in the middle of nowhere like on Cape Breton Island and then in the Annapolis Valley and then in Northern Ontario and for years. And then I finally got an opportunity at a big station in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was this station called Power 97, um, which I'm still, I'm, I'm syndicated on in the evening show there, uh, which is kind of cool because that's where it all began. So I was the overnighter and I would do overnights and then the morning show would come in and I was so desperate for the next opportunity mm -hmm. that I would do whatever they asked me to do. And so I would go get them coffees. I would uh, help them do their production. I would cut, I would record. So I would record the late night TV shows for them. Bear in mind, this is the late nineties, early mm -hmm. 2000s. So I'm recording the talk shows on TV on VHS then taking those VHSs and dubbing them into the computer and stripping audio while I'm on air. So I'm cutting audio for the morning show while I'm on the air, just doing whatever they need done, like to get audio for yeah. them so that they have it in the show. And then they asked if I wanted to do some stuff with them to be like an on the street stunt boy. I'm like, oh, absolutely. So I became like this stunt boy that they would send out like <laughs> man in the street stuff. And so they would give me like, a few things to do. And then I would just go out and I would bring them like, I would always bring them way more than they needed. Cause I was so desperate. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that my shirt says sub, by the way, that's hilarious. Very funny. <laughs> Anyways. Um, the, I, I would bring them all this audio and then 
they started calling me Fearless Fred because there was like nothing that I wouldn't do. Do yeah. And so one time I remember on Elvis's birthday, they had me dress up as Elvis, and you could come down and buy a donut to throw at me, <laughs> and that money would go to the Humane Society. Yeah. Like the the one one guy on the show was really big into animal welfare and dogs and like super 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 huge animal lover, and so. Uh, all of the things that I ended up doing had this like charity bent to them, but like mm -hmm. there was nothing I wouldn't do. So that's where fearless came from. It was, <laughs> I could get into some of the things that they had me do that would, there's no way you could do that on the radio today without getting like sued or something. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was gone. So but it was always to me. It was never, no one got punished, but me, but you, so, but me, so I always took the beatings for it. But it was good. It got me where I am today, you know. I'm glad it doesn't say like when you write when you write dead dead Romans. It doesn't say like you know like they put the last name only sometimes. It doesn't just say fearless. That'd be yeah. Great. Oh <laughs> God, would that be? I'd be. I'd, so and the thing is that I've tried to shed this name for yeah. years, and every time they're like, no, no, no. It just it stands out. It stands out. It's like an old fashioned radio name, and it's like. It is, but it's it's okay when you're in your 20s. But when you're in your 40s, everyone's like, so what makes you so fearless? Like, nothing. Like, I'm fearful of hurting my back. Like, I get worried if I'm laying down and have to sneeze. So I'm not fearless. I'm quite afraid of many things. When I roll out of bed in the morning, I'm, af I'm, af I'm afraid to pull a muscle. So I got to make sure. Yes. I got to stretch. I got to limber up. Yeah. I'm not afraid of stretching. So I'm fearless in that regard. It was funny too because I think uh, when you were on last time, like two or three episodes later, I had Dennis Hopeless on, the comic yeah. writer, and I had to ask him at the end of it too. I was like, "So how did that come about?" He goes, "That's less." Him and his now ex-wife got married, and when they got married, you know, like on the uh, marriage certificate it says what name do you yeah. want to take afterwards? Like basically, the the terminology is which do you want to take your husband's name, so on and so forth. That was the original intent of it but you literally could change it to anything so like when you got married you could write you could write fearless fred as your name and, yeah. and no one says anything it's just it's a legal free quote-unquote way to change your name and so they were like oh that's kind of cool let's change our name to that and then after they got separated and divorced he was like he tried to go back to dennis hallam but no one knew who he was at that point so he's now forced to use the name hopeless that's i feel the... <laughs> bad like that's amazing i, I gotta <laughs> talk to him about that if i ever our paths cross i'm definitely bringing that up because he's like, yeah, now I have to go by Hopeless because no one knew who I was. And I was like, that makes sense because, I mean, he was well into his comics writing career and everybody yeah. saw Dennis Hopeless and, and and he was writing for Marvel a lot. So Marvel only puts the last names on the front for sure on every single one of their stuff, uh, which always makes me laugh because when Rom V writes something for Marvel, it just literally says V on the front v. of it. <laughs> That's a cell, V. I am a letter. I own a letter. We're going to find out like 30 years from now that it's not actually ROM V, it's ROM 5. Mm. Yeah. We've been wrong. wrong. Yeah. No, but that's fun. That's awesome. It makes sense. If you just had a name, for, here's the all, you just didn't name yourself. That's a big no, thing too. I never like, <laughs> It was given to me by this guy, Hal Anderson, who is like a Winnipeg broadcasting institution. He gave me the name. And I got to be honest, when he gave me the name, it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yes. Like I'm, I'm 22. I feel like I'm finally making it. I'm part of this show. And the thing is, like, I took beatings on the air and I took a beating on the air, like them yes. making fun of me all the time. But when the mics are off, it's like 
they looked after me so well. Like they got me my first car. They helped me get like helped me get more money. They helped secure yeah. me get a contract. They got me off being a part-time hourly employee, getting salary. They opened the doors for me and I wouldn't be where I am without my experience on that show. And two of the most giving dudes that I've ever worked for. And um, you always, you always see that like when you're younger and then you get a bit of success, you start to get a bit of an ego <laughs> and they always were very quick to like keep me in check and be like, this is the job and it's a fantasy and <laughs> it's, it's not real. And you need to remember yes. that it can all go away. And they talk about, they would talk a lot about how people buy into their own hype and they buy mm -hmm. into this image of what they are. And it's like, this isn't a job. This isn't your life. This is how you pay your bills. Like this is <laughs> how you make a living. This isn't your life. And that separation of church and state, so to speak, was yeah. very cool. And when you're young and you keep having it like reminded to you, it becomes sort of like your mantra and, and who I am and what I do for a living are two very different things. And that's not my life. It's just how I make my living. And my experience is working with like seasoned veterans like mm -hmm. them had a profound impact on the way I approach what it is that I do both. And not just for radio. I often find that there's a lot of similarities between the radio world and the writing world. Um, and that there are a lot of people that just buy into this image of what it is that they're doing versus mm -hmm. what is it that you're trying to do? It's like, I'm just trying to tell a story. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be the coolest guy ever. And I, and there's a, we, we've all, everybody who's been on the show floor has met people that are just, obsessed with that like image of what it is that they're doing versus what it is that they're doing you know mm -hmm. i would I, if i was at a con my ideal situation would be, be after i'm done on the floor i can go into the room i can shower and i can just get on the keyboard again like yes. <laughs> that's what i would yes. love to do like that'd be my favorite because the, the, the hotel it's quiet it's so chill it'd be so yeah. great I'd love it absolutely <laughs> well, well at least the fearless came from my classic people it wasn't this thing yeah. that like, some stupid college friend gave you or something like that like at least you have that story yeah. to yeah. tell behind it totally. so, and also i noticed if you, if you think about it in the the people who probably know you by fearless fred are really more of your radio broadcasting those fans yeah. too like so if someone stumbled upon dead romans it just says fred kennedy in it yes. so it's not like oh that's great you're, you're, yeah you're fred kennedy in the comic book world you're fearless fred when you when you speak on radio or podcast yeah. and things like that so you have two, you have two different egos. You got to start. You got to alter yeah. ego. You got to have like a cape when you go to cons and be like, "This is Fred Kennedy." Which which level of ego do I have right now? Let's decide. Let's. <laughs> which one is the more fun? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, it's probably just comic, Fred Kennedy. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, just, just me, just pure just dad you. style. Yeah, just dad. Exactly. I'm wearing my New Balance running shoes. I'm good to go. Go. <laughs> I wear New Balance every day. You know what? I don't want to hear it. New Balance. New Balance all the way. I don't wear I like. I just tried. I tried getting, uh, I just switched to Haka, yeah. Haka running shoes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to say, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Like we're talking dad comfort, like thoroughly impressed. It's, good. it's a good, it's a good shoe. Very, I'm, very light, very cushy. I'm, I'm glad that they do make stylish shoes that are comfortable nowadays. Whereas I feel like our parents had to wear ugly stuff that was comfortable. There was no middle ground. And the yeah. same thing goes for like, I was putting on t-shirts the other day and I, I I was always been like a very top or tighter into a large, like should have probably been an extra large in some things. And I looked at my wife the other day and I put on an extra large. I'm like, see, 
ah, it's all about comfort. Forget this whole <laughs> style of shit. Like, I need it's comfortable. And she's like, oh, my gosh. I was like, well, this is a large. It fits fine. And then, you know, I bought some shirts online. They were all larges, and they were all, I need to get extra larges. So comfort over over style, in my opinion, nowadays. I'm 37. Yeah. I've got a two-year-old. <laughs> we're good to go. <laughs> Absolutely. I do have a thing where if I'm wearing sweatpants, I can't have my wallet on me. That's a, yes. that, And that's gotten oh, yep. me into some trouble in the past. Yep. Sweatpants. They gotta have a back pocket now so I can put my wallet mm -hmm. just in case I need it. You know? Which you probably wouldn't even need if you just hold your phone with with a, a Apple Pay and stuff like that. You're gonna need your wallet. <laughs> yeah. But so enough about being uh wearing dad pants and dad shoes. Uh what's uh so I know you were on uh back on episode 107 and we talked obviously a lot about dead Romans. We ended up, you know, diverting a little bit and talking Star Wars because <clears throat> you came on right before we were doing Star Wars week here on the podcast or right after or right around there. And, but you have this podcast, Bud 79, uh, it's a scripted, uh, audio drama podcast. Is that what you call it? Yeah. I, audio drama, radio play. I, I okay. don't know what the appropriate term is. I say audio drama because it's the same way people say graphic novel, mm -hmm. but to me, it's like, it's a radio play. Like mm -hmm. in my head, it's a radio play. That's what it is. But audio drama has audio drama Sundays as a hashtag on the social media. So that's what, that's the road I got to ride, you know? Yes, exactly. And, and just so those listening or watching have this idea. So an audio drama podcast, uh, you know, differs slightly from both podcasting like this, yeah. which is more internet uh, interview based or um, there is serialistic ones, but they're not. Like, there are podcasts that are just like, like my favorite murder, for an example, talks yeah. weekly about specific things. But they're not what this is, which is basically an, I hate to say it, but audio book that's dramatized more yeah. with sound effects and, and, and different actors 100%. and actresses and stuff like that. So there's a difference. And I do think that I didn't know what they were originally until was it Marvel did the one with Wolverine. Mm -hmm. uh, Wolverine, they did it with Stitcher, which, you know, all right, rest in peace, Stitcher. But um, Stitcher, they did it with them, which was um, Wolverine the Long Night. And they ended up making it into a comic book afterwards, which was pretty cool too, because like, I heard like I I listening to Mud Seventy Nine and I can picture in my head what these characters look like in my own mind. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're know, picturing these things. And so then when when they did the Wolverine thing, I did the same thing. Obviously, we know what Wolverine looks like, but like some of these other characters that were introduced, the small characters, the bit characters, I was like, I wonder what they look like. And in my mind, I have them. And then someone was able to actually illustrate them on page. And I got yeah. to, I almost found myself getting angry at certain pages be like, that's not what they look like. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what's wrong with this illustrator, but that's not what I had in here. And then I thought to myself, connecting it to this was exactly what people do in the Star Wars universe. When someone mm -hmm. doesn't make a Star Wars movie, that's the Star Wars movie that they want. They get pissed off at the screen that that's not how Star Wars is supposed to go. Be like, no, yeah. that is how Star Wars is supposed to go because that's how that writer wrote it. But Absolutely. <laughs> But the uh, but an audio drama is more like I said has that sound effects in it a little bit more a uh, uh, few more people than just one person reading a book mm -hmm. across in, in a more of a monotoned voice uh, which some audiobooks are getting to that too I don't know if you heard of recent audiobooks where it's like the author of the book reading it yeah and they're using so and there is some sound effects and, and uh, music in the background at least something a uh, change in inflection in their voices or changing of tone and voices sometimes I've seen um uh, male and female actors are voice actors reading different parts and stuff yeah. like that so they are getting better at the audiobook and making it a little bit more entertaining but not as entertaining as something like mud 79 which is thank like you immersive <laughs> like i feel like i'm in in the car and i'm like listening on blast driving down the highway and i'm just like feeling like i'm being chased <laughs> by people in the car but before i get into you actually talking about this that's like this ramble here is 
yes yesterday uh when was it saturday or friday night my parents were in town and i went to the gas station down the street from my house to grab something and when i went inside my, my car has my wife got this audio thing for my apple play which is like a bluetooth thing but it instead of just bluetoothing through my car it bluetooths to this thing which acts like apple play. it's this weird thing it's a cool thing or apple yeah is it apple play carplay and uh but the stupid thing about it is when you turn the car on, it automatically starts playing, which I hate. So it's like you're in the middle of a podcast and like I start the car in the morning to like run back inside and I come back in there and it's like three minutes have passed. Yeah. The yeah. Podcast. Well, I did the same thing. But if you walk away with the car running, it obviously Bluetooth disconnects. I go in the gas station, left the car running stupidly, come back out. I open the door and the podcast is playing so loud. You're. Mud 79 is being st streamed across the entire gas station and people are That's advertising. <laughs> That's what I need. That's what I need. But they didn't know what it was. They just thought someone was being attacked. That's what I yeah. Cause there's so, there's <laughs> a lot of that in it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just kind of funny. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to like, my phone's not connecting yet. And I'm trying to pause it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Oh my God, people are going to think I'm a nerd. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of funny. So it has that immersiveness to it. And honestly, one of the best places I think to listen to it is the car because it's got the, the subwoofers or the subwoofers yeah. the base and the in the um almost soundproofing from outside and stuff like that. So so yeah, long story to say that Bud Seventy Nine is amazing. See you Thank later, Fred. You. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I K okay, I designed it to listen to it in the car. Okay, yeah, that's like the way I engineer engineered the sound. And when I say that, I know that sounds kind of trite, but I set up my speakers in my studio because i like i do audio production for radio as part of my job and it was though that skill set that sort of like got me into doing this um i set it up so that it could be listened to in the car ideally and some people would listen to it on earbuds and i feel mm. like they're not getting everything uh because of the way that earbuds will sort of like filter sound yeah. for you and all that stuff the layers of audio because sometimes the production track is like 17 layers deep uh with ambient background noise and then background music and then the sound effects and stuff and um all that and i actually when you bring up like audio books using yeah. music and stuff i got the idea from when i was listening to uh the audiobooks for heir to the empire and mm -hmm. i was re-listening to those uh, while i was driving and then they've got the music they got the star wars music and then they got really light sound effects that are running through it and there's parts of it and then the narrator is doing the voices of all the characters but sometimes the like and, and they're doing a great job like but sometimes the character voices that they're doing sound really bad. And so in my head, I'm like, why don't you just get someone else to do just that mm -hmm. voice? And that was the idea with Mud 79 was it's not a true radio play in the sense that it's just the dialogue yeah. with some exposition. It's a narration with a massive cast of more than a hundred different people. And then the, a, full cinematic soundscape in the background so it's like a hybrid sort of in between of a true audio play and a true uh audio book and that is what i wanted and i wanted to be able to hold the hand of the person listening and bring them through everything mm -hmm. and it it's because there's a lot of 
subtext and context about what's going on. And when you're dealing, so the story for anybody who hasn't heard yes, it, yes, it's it's like Platoon meets Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It is a sto story about a guy who, when he's 16 years old, joins the Imperial Army because his family all fought for the Republic in the Clone War. And for him, it's just a different flag. And he explains it's just a different flag. And he's that's his perspective going into things. It's very much like Platoon, where he's learning as he goes that what you volunteered for is very different than yes. what you volunteered for. And it's told from this looking back with this level of cynicism of how stupid was I to believe all of this. But there's also a level of, of discontent with it, the, pulling the curtain back. Yeah. In my head, the guy who's writing it, the narrator Solomon Kwai, is dealing with the rise of the New Republic. So this is like five years after he's writing this book, like a few years after Endor and how, when you watched the first season of Mando Mando and he's, and he's like, is the galaxy better now? Is it better? <laughs> like when, when he says that and I, that, that idea, like I'd already been tinkering with the idea of doing mud 79 at that point, I started mm -hmm. working on this in like 2019. Um, but that line, I was like, it's true because the empire would invariably have to work for a lot of people. There mm -hmm. had to be a lot of problems with the old Republic, which when you watch the Clone Wars series, you really get the sense that it was a really corrupt place, too. And so people are never happy. Things are never perfect. There's always problems. And it's really just a question of how many problems you want to mitigate, you know? And so I took this perspective of somebody who was a firm believer in what they were doing, had their soul ripped apart by what they did, and now is just a broken individual and is telling, this is what broke me. And that's mm -hmm. the story. And it's like, I watched Ken Burns' Vietnam series, and that is like the motif that runs through that series. And it's these guys from North Vietnam who were believers. These guys from South Vietnam who were believers. These guys from like Kansas who were believers. And all of them realized that it was just rich people telling them to go fight each other so that they could make money. And they're all broken. They're all just broken individuals because of what they did. And like, I hated them so much, but I was terrified of them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now I can't sleep in the dark anymore. And it's like, that it's it's heartbreaking it really is and it happens time and time again generation after generation after generation and so in the star wars universe we never focus on that it's never that it's always like these grand high adventures and i love that don't get me wrong i love escapism yes. for the sake of escapism but as a star wars fan i really get a little bit tired of this everyone in the empire is the absolute worst and they're mm -hmm. all the worst people ever. And it's like, what if they were press ganged into service? Like mm -hmm. so many people that were sailors in like the British Navy were just happened to be on the street at the wrong time. And a guy came with a truncheon and started beating them and dragged them away. And that's how it was. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to tell a story like that in the star Wars, And there's characters that you meet where some of them were their families were orphaned during the Clone Wars and they were raised in Republic housing, which became Imperial housing. And when they got to a certain age, it was like, 
guess what? You're in the yeah. army now. And some of them were like, my family got arrested and I was given a choice. What do you want to do? And so those little people realities is what I wanted to talk about. Cause me and you, we're not generals. We're mm. never going to be generals. We're the people that end up going on the front line. And, and yeah. I feel those stories often get ignored mm -hmm. in Star Wars. And it's very frustrating to me. And I, I was really excited when, uh, when uh, The Force Awakens came out. And they had Finn as a I, I wanted to know Finn's backstory so bad. Like, he's got, the, he's got his, his, his number. How did yeah. he wind up? He was selected. He was trained from childhood. And it's like, tell us his story, man. Oh, yeah. It's such an interesting story that they completely ignored. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's those types of things were the things that were really motivating to me to tell a story like mud little people that are just, they're the ones that are suffering. And there, I made the mud troopers because like, as he says in yeah. the begin, like in the first 15 minutes, you really get my philosophy of star Wars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like 15 yeah. minutes of me. This is how I feel about everything. Um, and he explains like how mud troopers are the guys that just do the dirty work. Stormtroopers are the face of the empire, but we do the work. And like, you don't want to be a stormtrooper and they hate the stormtroopers mm -hmm. so much because the stormtroopers are just assholes because they're the face and they're lower than stormtroopers. I wanted the lowest of the low, the low yeah. the center of this story, you know, lower than dirt, they're mud mud troopers that's mm -hmm. why i did it like that i, I, I ranted it. now i'm sorry i was ranting no you're great you're the one you're the one that it's your it's your story and so backing up a little bit to the idea of a audio drama uh, or, or or you know radio play it's one of the things i've always told people why i like podcasts in general whether it's a or audiobooks in general is it's something to do that's outside watching TV or movies yeah. because of the fact that watching a TV or a movie takes you're basically if you're watching it realistically, like if you're watching it to encompass the entire project, you have to sit there and pay attention and do nothing else. You can't mm -hmm. be on your phone. You can't be doing anything. And so audiobooks or audio dramas like this or, or to uh, radio plays, you can be in the car and I can be driving on the road. And all I really need to yeah. do is pay attention to making sure I'm not getting in an accident, pay, paying attention to road rules or all that stuff. But it's like, that's the wasted time if you think about it. The 20 minutes I drive from my off home office to my work office is 20 minutes that I basically can listen to music, the same song I'll listen to over and over and over again, or put something new and interesting on and get that extra bit of Star Wars story, yeah. for example, in there or a book or whatever, because that's 20 minutes, like, quote unquote, I hate to say wasted time, because it's also a good time just to do nothing, but like <laughs> wasted time that I could actually encompass if I'm a nerd like myself and I want to get more of this stuff. Like this would be great as a TV show uh, or a movie. It would be excellent as a TV show or a movie. But then again, I'd have to sit in front of a TV yeah. and watch the whole thing. Listen, if on Disney top Plus calls me and yes. wants to do it, we will. Yes. I'm, I'll sell out like that. But, but I think now, it's, it's also the same thing. Like it could could have been a comic book. It, you could have yeah. think it could be a comic book story. But in the same sense, having this different form of media to take in in in, in, in you know bring into your mind this this story is another way to get take this. So now I can go home and I can read at night a Star Wars book of sorts or a comic book. I can then like watch an episode of Ahsoka, and then I could 
on the way to work the next morning, listen to this and get three different timings and different, you know, my free time is taken up solely by Star Wars or Star Wars adjacent things. I could do that. And that's what's cool about something like this. The second thing is it's cool that it's yours. Like it's your story. You yeah. wanted to tell this. The third one would be is that I love the fact that it's peripheral stuff. It's stuff that's on the borders of Star Wars where, where I've always said it's kind of funny that there's like Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, the Rogue One story was actually the most Star Warsy Star Wars movie. There's yeah. like a, the actual most war in it out of all the Star Wars movies. And the Star Wars part was like a Star Wars story at the very yeah. back. Of it. it wasn't yeah. even like Star Wars because if you think about it, a lot of them have to do with government bodies or these other yeah. stuff. Like it hasn't been they, they, the the Rogue One where they're fighting on the actual ground and actually a war is actually breaking out uh in one of the most badass Darth Vader scenes of all time oh, movie too. Come but on. like absolutely but the, but the idea that that's what I would want like this is what you'd get out of a Mud 79 TV show or a movie. You'd get this like whole like actual battles of people fighting each other more than just shoot a laser at someone and then have them go into warp speed and go <laughs> like go so away. This whole thing like the the when you're talking about like TV show yeah. comic book, yeah. I, I had this was my, if I ever got a chance to pitch a Star Wars yeah. idea for a comic, this was what my pitch was going to be. I didn't plan on doing it as a radio play. Mm -hmm. I just had the story, you know, because there was that one Clone Wars series that was yeah. just about the clones. Yeah. And I was like, this is sort of like that. It's just adjacent. But what happened during the pandemic was, is I had some books that were, they were, they were at the point where we were negotiating stuff and we we're figuring out money. And then when pencils down happened, they all imploded. And I had this big, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. I'm not going to do comics anymore. It's over. I think I explained this with mm -hmm. Dead Romans too. Like yeah. I was done. I forgot about Dead Romans. But the Star Wars idea, like I can do the heavy lifting on this. And I've got yeah. a lot of friends that are Star Wars fans that have no problem rolling tape for like 10, 15 minutes to get me audio. And that's all anybody needs. All I'm dependent on other people to do. I can do everything else by myself on my own schedule whenever I want to. Mm -hmm. So that was why I did it as the audio drama was to do it on my own and not be dependent on other people so much. Um, but when you're talking about like, it's a, it's, it's the war aspect of star Wars. There was a show that used to be on TV called tour of duty, which was this Vietnam show. Like, cause my dad's military, so we lived in Belgium, and the only English channels were BBC and AFN, mm -hmm. Armed Forces Network. And so they were all over rah, 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 yes. USA, USA type content. Because this was <laughs> the 80s. This was yeah. the Cold War, man. We yeah. lived there when Chernobyl happened. Like, it was very Cold War. So Tour of Duty was this show about the Vietnam War. And it had this, like, rotating cast. People would come in, people would go, people would die, they'd get replaced, da-da-da-da. And so that show really did help serve as sort of like an inspiration for Mud 79, which has like a very Vietnam War-esque mm -hmm. vibe. In fact, the main medic voiced by uh, Mike Walsh, uh, the Silver Coin, and who did uh, uh, a bunch of comics for Star Wars and Marvel and stuff mm -hmm. over the year, including House of Vision. Um, but... He voices a medic named Corporal Husto, uh, who is a hundred percent inspired by the field medic from Tour of Duty. Like, and I'm not gonna lie, like the, the medic on Tour of Duty was like he was a medical student who big Vietnam War protester, 
got in trouble legally and wound up in the nom and he's this cynical but funny guy mm -hmm. and so that's the character and it's a hundred percent inspired by that medic character and i i like i i always tell like i've photoshopped walsh into the cast of tour of duty before and I'm like I'll be a marvel at my photoshoppery skills <laughs> yeah i love that show and, and i that that vibe uh is really what i'm going for mm -hmm. uh with with the whole mud story and I was very adamant that I didn't want Jedi in the story, yes. which is interesting given if, when you listen to it, you'll be like, did you not want to? Cause of the way it flows. But I, I said for years that the inquisitors are my favorite thing that star mm -hmm. Wars has added over the past, like the new star Wars things, the inquisitors are my favorite because it, it like, I liked them in rebels. I, mm -hmm. which, and I think rebels is the best, star wars thing that's ever been done i think it's better than rogue one i think it's better than andor uh like i love andor but that doesn't mean that i think it's better than rebels because yeah. rebels has the vibe of andor the vibe of rogue one but it brings kids along for the ride and i think from a writing perspective that is so incredibly difficult but they pull it off mm -hmm. dave filoni man it's it's just it's so friggin' good, and I love it so much. But um, I completely talked myself into a corner and forget where I was going. The Inquisitors. So yes. they introduced the Inquisitors in Rebels. This is where they were first yes. introduced. Um, and the and then when you have uh, Jedi Fallen Order, they really explain the dire nature of the Inquisitors. And so you think about it, it's like Inquisitors are crackheads. <laughs> like, which is a very politically incorrect term, and I should have thought they're they've they've got real strong addiction issues. Yes, very strong addiction issues, and they are addicted to fear, pain, and suffering, and they need it because the way that an Inquisitor is created, they are a low-level Jedi, a Padawan, etc., and they get broken by the Dark Sword to this to the point that they can't live without feeding on fear, pain, they need to surround themselves with it. And the episode, like the episode seven and eight of season one are my absolute favorites because those are the ones, first of all, you got Heather Antos and mm -hmm. Andrew Wheeler doing an amazing job as the two purge troopers who are like the henchmen of uh, Inquisitor Tiberius, Tiberia, who is voiced by... Uh, my buddy Tony, who is a phenomenal radio announcer, who used to live in Toronto and she's now in, in Jamaica. Um, but she voiced the Inquisitor. And we get this, she goes, they sent, the Inquisitor goes into this building because they're like, we're trying to find a hostage. We're trying to find a hostage that's been captured that is being ransomed for money because they, this guy comes from a really wealthy family and revolutions and rebellions, it all comes down to money. So you're, you need money. So we're going to rescue this guy before he gets sold for money. Mm -hmm. And the Inquisitor goes into a room, into a building, and it's like they want to rescue the hostage. But the Inquisitor goes in, and, and I paint it with the subtext. She's not going in to rescue anybody. <laughs> she's not like that's not what yeah. she's there to do. She is there to sow fear, to spread chaos, to spread destruction, because she needs it. She needs the enemy to be afraid of her. And so she goes in 
and and the, I like in terms of like parts of the story that I am proud of the audio production and the atmospherics on those two episodes are things I'm really, really proud of when I go back and listen to them mm -hmm. because of the way I affected the audio. So after the inquisitor has gone through this building and she, and, and, and done what she does, you've got the narrator who comes in after mm -hmm. and he's describing how he says, he goes, it wasn't like, a butcher shop it was like a butcher shop if they were playing with the product mm -hmm. and how the bodies are chopped apart and like like you can see the streaks of blood that are like spread across bodies that have been pushed through walls like etc and then you could as he's walking you can hear like the lights flickering because they've been broken like the yep. in the background and then the echoing of a scream coming from another floor and then he's looking at something he's not even sure what it is and then someone grabs him you're not supposed to be you can't look at this this is beyond your pay grade get out of here yeah. and it's just i created horror as horror <laughs> as i could get with the audio and i i was when i was putting it together I, I there's this uh this guy who does foley in toronto he's got an instagram feed called audio studio and I met, he was a big fan of it. And he was like giving me pointers and tips for audio production. And when I was messaging him and he goes, he goes, this is the thing you got to remember. He goes, there's sounds that your brain will like instinctively think bad, like bad mm -hmm. and deep rumbles that like tail off that start high and go like that. He goes, your brain is programmed to think bad. Bad, bad, bad. I'm uncomfortable. And echoes that dissipate and reverse train echoes. So an echo like, da, 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 da. but mm -hmm. when you have it, da, 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 like that comes in, things like that mess with your head. And so I was incorporating things like that into it because for somebody like us, he is delving into the world that the Inquisitor can't live without. And mm -hmm. that is terror. So I've tried desperately to incorporate those things into it. And I'm super stoked with the way that all came together you know i had in my notes here like the sound effects were amazing and that was before you even said anything about the sound effects the things in the background the noises and, and, and the music and it's funny because i think about it, if you watch a horror movie in general you mentioned the horror aspect of it or the thriller aspect of it too is is in this one uh part is that you watch a horror movie on mute it probably won't be as scary as you think no it it's actually one of those things but if you were to like if you were blind and like the horror movie was on you probably would still be scared. And that's the thing yeah. about it is that audio almost is more impactful in a horror movie or horror thing than the actual visuals that you see. And it could be the most disgusting and horrifying thing you've ever seen with the audio. I watched uh, The Ritual from 2017 the other night, and I watched it while I was working. I have a TV here in the office that I had it on in the background. And I honestly stopped working too much because I was looking at the screen, not because I was interested in what was going on, but because the, the audio was making me feel uncomfortable. And I was like, okay, now yeah. I need to watch what's going on because something's going, something's going to happen here. <laughs> There's but that yeah. video game series, high score on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And the, they're talking to like one of the sound, like original sound engineers on like the Atari or yep. Konami from in their Japanese. And he had this line and he just, says it in passing and throws it away. And it's about how so many video games initially didn't have sound effects when a character would move or shoot or do something. And then he goes, audio is confirmation. 
And that line sticks with me. So when I'm listening to it, there will be definite call signs of there needs to be a piece of audio there. There needs to be a piece of audio there. And I'm currently, because I'm working on season two right now, and season two flows much differently than season one does because season one has like he let they land they have some heat they get some time off they get into some shenanigans uh and then they that is when after these shenanigans happen they're really brought into they really get a sense of oh no you know like that they really get a sense of what it is that they're dealing with and then it ends like horribly it's got a absolutely horrible ending and the season two pick it's the same scene it's like the classic rogue one new Mm -hmm. hope thing like it ends the ending like the very last scene where uh he's amid all this destruction and he sees all these ships coming and he's like what is going on because he's got no clue what's happening then you start getting oh guess what it's worse than you thought Mm -hmm. things are way worse than what you (laughs) thought they were and so then now they're digging their way out um and the second season they already you already know like within the first five minutes of the second season you know just how bad things are now they're trying to dig their way out and there's this there's this five episode stretch it's actually so the first season was 12 episodes the second season's 20 episodes and there's the first like uh, 11 episodes or no, the first nine episodes are them digging their way to, to reestablish themselves. Yes. And then there's this five episode stretch where something that the military will do is they'll hold like, they call it like a dance and there's like a boxing tournament, which was something that they did a lot in Vietnam and they did it mm-hmm. a lot in, and it's become the regimental champ and it's like a way of building morale. And so there's a Tara Cossie tournament. Mm-hmm. And there's this five episode stretch that involved this Terracossi tournament that is more than it's a big propaganda piece for the empire. And the audio in those five episodes is so dramatically different because there's not all this combat and action and fighting, et cetera. It's more like atmospheric and slowly paced and, it's to me the hardest part with those because that's what I'm working on right now is it feels like there's stretches where there's a lot of talking just atmospheric background noise rather Mm -hmm. than like and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened where I'm basically dictating the audio that's coming you know what I mean so I, I like I'm I hope that everyone buys into those episodes as much as the others because I think that that is a really smart, I paint, like I lay out the finale of the series right there. Cause I want to do a third season. I just got to find time to do it. Yes. Well, I mean, a lot of people, just so you know, anybody's listening, this, this is obviously we're recording this now and this episodes are, are dropping weekly now for season one, but yeah. your second season comes out right on the heels of it in a sense. So yeah. it's not like you're waiting an entire year, like a TV no. or a movie or they, I, you're actually going to be able to wait like what, two or three weeks, month. Is that what it no, is? it's it's like it's not. There's no delay. It's gonna. Oh, there be isn't weak. a delay. Okay. There's there's no delay. Yeah. Because I did the first season back in like yes, so like in 2000. But I I never was a fan of the of the read. I wasn't a fan of the read because initially, I don't know if you've watched Narcos Mexico. I did not. Know. But the beginning of Narcos Mexico has Scoot McNary doing this. He's like he's like I'm gonna tell you a story, and I don't know how it ends. 
And then, like the way, like, and it's Scoot McNary's voice is just, oh my God, it's incredible. But the voice is, I'm going to tell you the story. This is what happened. Da, 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 da. And the way he dictates it, it's very, mah, 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 mah. it's very sad, but it works because there's a visual component behind it. And I tried to like do that. That's what I was trying to do. But what ended up happening was it just sounded really boring. Like it didn't sound as it didn't sound as good as I wanted it to. Yeah. So I revoiced the whole first season. And then, of course, as I'm going, I'm building up a bigger audio mm-hmm. catalog. I'm finding new things. So when I revoiced it, I went in and then I like remastered and I thickened the tracks and I used different audio sound effects and I built bigger soundscapes and I'd used all the tools that I built while doing it. And then I just redid the whole first season. And so I told uh, my producer, Dila, uh, who I often refer to in the post credits as the contemptible harpy, because I she's a huge Star Wars fan. Chopper mm-hmm. is her favorite Star Wars character, by the way, which is an amazing, like, yeah. amazing, like, character note. Uh, but so the the story, like, I, I wanted to re-release. She goes, why don't you just finish the second season? then release the first season and just have this one run where you do 32 straight weeks of content. And I'm like, that's a lot. She goes, no one does that. She's like 32 straight weeks of an audio drama. So like it never happens. And she goes, and you will have so much momentum by the time it ends. That's the way to do it. She goes, cause you risk having people that they liked it. They finished it. You know, when it comes back, oh, I'm on to something new now. She's mm-hmm. like, no, they won't have anything new. You'll be part of that routine. So the final episode isn't even going to drop until January. Mm-hmm. So I, when I fly to Comic-Con, like San Diego on Wednesday, I'm going to be working on the plane and doing audio production while I'm flying. <laughs> like, I just uploaded all of my audio files from my desktop to my laptop so that it's I could like work on it while I'm there. So that that's the amazing thing with, like, the way audio programs work now is, like, I just am importing all of the session files. So it's all right there. So I'm not missing a beat. The only thing that's different is it's not as ergonomic. Yes. Maybe a little cramp when I'm working. So yeah. Yes. That, right? I feel the same way. Like I, I used to, uh, my wife, when we used to edit these podcasts, my wife would be like watching TV. I had my headphones in as I would be recording. And then I'd go in the other room and I'd sit there and she'd be watching TV and I'd be doing it on my laptop. But using a laptop, like the touchpad and the keyboards, yeah. There's so much in a smaller screen and all this other stuff. So now it's like, no, I'm going to do it in my office. <laughs> so this yeah. is it. I'll get it done. I'll bang it out. It's fine. But like, I got to sit here and have two screens. I've got to have like my, my, my actual speakers in here, no headphones. I got to be like, you know, so on and so forth. And, and now it's a lot easier. But yeah. It, it, but, it, but it's doable. Like I've recorded, yeah. I, we, we have a, we have a camp. I've recorded and then edited at camp because that's where I had the opportunity to do it. So it's possible, but it definitely is yeah. a lot easier when you have a, yeah. like a desk set up. <laughs> Oh my God. It's like, and you set everything up. So it's ergonomic and yeah, the way you, the way you want things. And I like move the chair so I can rest my arm here. Yeah. So I'm not leaning it down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would much rather produce there. I was recording like a lot of the episodes, like I set it up at home. So I would record everything at home, which mm-hmm. was uh, like sped up the process so much. And the first season I did piecemeal. Like I would do two episodes of two two episodes at a time, produce them, release them. This was I wrote the whole season. I got all the audio in for all the performers, and then put it all together. And and the frustrating thing was like 
I, I, I had to kill some characters off because mm. that's what happens. Yeah. And I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I would kill people off who were less reliable in terms of getting me their yes. voices on time. <laughs> so I can, I, I can hundred yeah. percent see that. Yeah. It's not like it's not even but then, like. Some of them, like, because you have to have those big emotional, like, touchstones about the people that are awesome need to, they need to die too. And, and that happens. And uh, one of them who's, like, always gets me multiple takes, fantastic quality, they ended up dying. And I was like, oh, I wish I didn't kill them off. They're so good. <laughs> they always get everything done. Hey, yeah. it's a Star Wars universe. Yeah. It's a pop culture universe. They can come back somehow. They can, yeah, the no force It's also, it's also nope. voice. So yeah. like, you yes. could have them come back. It's like, can you just tweak your voice a tiny bit and you'll be a new character in season three? Don't worry. Some people have played like multiple characters. Yeah, That's true. That has happened. Uh, but wow, the... that, that character sounds a lot like that other character from season one, huh? Yeah, yeah. So like bit part characters, but yes, I, I set it up in a way where they appear as a bit part in multiple points, but it's plausible for them to have been there so that when they come back, it's like yeah. it's easy for me to loop them in and becoming more of a main character. Like one of the, so in this in the story, the when the the mud troopers first land, they're all just there's just infantry engineers and all that stuff, and they're all separated. Everyone's sort of like infantry. They're an infantry battalion. But then the platoon makeup shifts. And mm -hmm. so they all get their designated roles within because the, they suddenly become an active combat unit. They weren't initially there. When they initially land on this planet, there's no, they're, it's, they're not there because they're in a combat role. They're there to hold land and secure land and that they're to plant the flag. That's all they're doing. But War breaks out. A civil war starts on the planet's surface. Uh, insurgent activity, et cetera, et cetera. And things get more and more dire. And so they break apart into specific roles. Mm -hmm. uh, scouts, heavy gunners, comms people, et cetera. They all have their roles within the platoons and within the squads. And then one of the main characters who's a scout, uh, Mondahai, who becomes like the protagonist, like one of their closest friends, she was mentioned in the very first episode, but didn't even have any dialogue. She wasn't meant to be like a big main character, but then three episodes later, because his role changes and the people he's hanging out with more change, now she's a character who's talking all the time. And Ch uh, Cheyenne Garrick is the is the actress who plays her. Mm. She does a phenomenal. She actually appeared in uh, a few commercials for Star Wars video games, including The Force Unleashed. She was in the video game, for, the commercial for that video game. Uh, so she does a fantastic job with the character she voices. And some of them are other like radio people that I knew. I wanted people who would have like a, who would do a great job yeah. uh, with getting me good audio. Um, so the, the those characters, because they're consistently and easy to keep around, I've, I've mm -hmm. tended to keep them around, absolutely. Yes. It makes sense. Yeah. It, it makes complete sense in that sense. But like, <laughs> that's pretty funny, killing off characters because they're not reliable in a sense. <laughs> hey, you know what? It is what it is. Um, but wasn't that like on Seinfeld? Wasn't it like George's the wife that or the fiance, George's fiance? They killed her off on the show because she was extremely hard to work with. 
like she was like hard like on set that like this person is horrible to be on set so they're like we got to write it into the show that she actually dies we can't have her like break up with george and not because she can come back yeah like we have to like have her die so that she cannot come back because we do not want to work with her anymore <laughs> like it's in... actually pretty easy probably if you don't like someone either if you got in a tiff with someone you'd be like that's it they're dying in episode Empire, seven that's what they did Yes. That's what they did with Boardwalk Empire. I, it was, is it Jimmy, the the yeah. guy? Like, yeah, they kill him off because of how awful he was on set and all the problems that he was causing. And so, and and they don't just kill him. Steve Buscemi is the one who kills him yes. too. Like, and that line, "I'm not looking for forgiveness." Boom, <laughs> and he shoots him. I'm like, that was personal, Steve. Yeah. We all saw that. That was personal. There's actually that's amazing. One of the characters who dies at the end of the first season, and I like, I feel like I like to me, it's like it's been out for like two or three years. Yeah. It's not spoilers, but we're re-releasing it, so I don't want yeah. to ruin anything. Yes, for anybody. exactly. One of the characters she dies in, I think it's episode ten. Yeah, they die in episode ten. That was a rough one for me to write because she was so great as a character and her voicing was so good. But when when they they died, it was like it made sense for them to die mm -hmm. when they died. And I was like, Oh, I, they got to die here. And that death really sets up a lot. Of, Cause you start to see the wear on the characters. They start to get, cause I, I, I was reading a lot of books about like people that were in Vietnam. Like uh, there's this guy, uh, Nick Brockhausen, who is like, he was a Mac V SOG commando and, his book like has some really good narration and the stories that are in and he, he he's got like a lot of moments and passages where he's this fatalistic macho kind of guy like who cares if I die and then the it's written in a way where he's like he's definitely expressing that at the time he was this macho fatalistic guy but then the next chapter it's very evident the wear that it's having and the reason that they get so eager to be in the field is because when they're in the field they're in the field. That's the universe. That's all that matters mm -hmm. is what's there. They're not thinking about the consequences. They're not thinking about the other things. The only times that happens is when they're back at the base. And mm -hmm. that's when the weight of who's no longer there really hits them, you know? And he talks about how there was this song that they would sing for everybody who, when they died, they sang this song. It's called like Old Blue or something like that. And he go, and there's this one line that feels like a throwaway line, but you know it means a lot to the writer when he's writing it. And he goes, we'd been singing Old Blue an awful lot that month. And it's just like, it's such a passing line. But if you just stop and think of the subtext about what's going on, it's that's probably one of the most meaningful lines that he wrote mm -hmm. in the whole book. And I, I want people, if they're listening to Mud 79... I didn't write it to be an action movie. I wrote it to be almost like a very, not poignant, because it is a Star Wars thing. I don't feel calling it poignant is right. It's meant to be a very humanistic yes. look at a very broad, big galaxy, because it's all people at the end of this story. It's people, people, people. And he has, he starts to develop this shade of gray uh, the second season, I think, really gets into it because that's where the conflict is really as broad as it gets. And the I, I'm I'm really hoping that like people follow through. And if you are a Star Wars fan and you like Rogue One, and Andor is the closest vibe because it's Andor deals with that like 
Andor has, they're working in a scrapyard, a town that exists as a scrapyard. That's their life where you work on the farm mm. or you work as a mechanic. And yes. like he breaks down, like that's all I have as options. So yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, quickly also, you know, we've been diving into what's going on in the show a little bit too, or the, uh, the audio drama and, and the podcast and so on. But like, so where does this fall into uh, uh, legality wise? Like, how do you get away? How does this work? You know, for anybody who's, I'm sure people worry about this. I, feel, I guarantee people who listen to 79 are, are asking this question. So I just didn't know if you have a sense on how this falls into a fan-made Star Wars story. Well, I, so there's all kinds of fan-made yes. videos and short films on Star Wars. And there there's like the the anime tie fighter thing there's bu there's bucket heads uh the the short fan films about the stormtroopers uh i've seen ones that are about the bounty hunters mm -hmm. and then there's people that take the the cinematic tools from battlefront and then they make their short movies about it and then they post it all online and it gets like like 6 million views yeah and all of them are using Lucasfilm assets. Yes. All of them. They use Lucasfilm assets. They use all of the sound effects. They use the costuming, the visual references, everything. And nobody says a thing about it. Mm -hmm. And so my thought process was, I'm just going to do uh, an audio drama. And I'm, I don't use any of the music. Like I don't use any of the music or anything like that. I use the sound effects, but most of the sound effects I'm using are assembled by me like mm -hmm. i'm making my own sound effects for it um i'm trying to build and and anything that and i'm using open source sound effects that you can buy to build and i've bought hundreds of dollars of sound effects and audio files to build other things um so in terms of legality i don't know <laughs> but i i would be very frustrated if i got in trouble for doing yeah. this when i see people doing it already there are mm -hmm. star wars fan film contests that are yes. sanctioned by lucasfilm by people that are industry professionals and everyone lauds praise upon them constantly for doing for taking assets and building something because they love it and i'm doing the exact same thing mm -hmm. i'm not and i make a very like the very first line in the opening of the podcast i don't own this yes i have no ownership i just love star wars and the impetus came from i was really depressed and i want i love star wars and i desperately have a star wars story to tell and maybe that'll never get to happen you know it might never happen this could be the only star wars yep. thing that i get to do and i just wanted to do it like I, I wanted to get it out there and just wanted to get it done. And I think as a Star Wars fan, and I've talked to multiple Star Wars podcasts about how like you're not doing anything negative. You're not dumping on the franchise. Like you're celebrating your love for Star Wars. I will also say what's frustrating about doing this, the fan fan cast about it, because mm -hmm. it's really just fan fiction and an audio drama. Yeah. Um, you get you're in a very weird spot. Because you'll have so many like dedicated Star Wars podcasts, fan sites, etc., 
that want nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. They want nothing to do with you. They won't promote you in any way. They won't talk to you about it. They won't even engage you in a conversation. Uh, they'll, but that same sites, if it's a video thing, yeah. will like repeatedly play footage from it and talk about how great it is. And it's like, it's, it feels like a constant uphill battle. And I don't understand what the, the difference between the two things is, you know, I've got like a hundred people all that are all just star Wars fans that want to tell a cool story, yeah. you know? It, and it's you like, want people it, like, like you want people to hear it. It's not. It's not yeah. like this, you, you want people to know your your Star Wars. Story. I'm making no money. Like I, yeah. I need everyone to know that. Like you're losing I, money, honestly, because like, time I, is money too. You, how much money yeah. do you spend in time so just on every, producing this thing? Yeah, it takes about an hour to do four minutes. Mm -hmm. On average, an hour is four minutes of audio, and we have 32 40 plus minute episodes. Mm -hmm. So you're talking hundreds of hours just on the production side. And then hundreds of hours having written it and then getting the voicing and then voicing it. And you're not like th this, well, you could be making money on it. It's like, no, which no one, I haven't had any arguments. Yes. I've just had no replies from people. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Weird too, is like the fan film community too. It's they, they, it's like, they look, it's like, oh, I'm doing this, this like audio drama. And it's like, oh, well, must be nice. I do a video and it's like, okay, I love your video. I've reposted it. Like I've talked about like how great this is to other people. Like I'm, I'm pumping your tires, man. Oh, that's cause I'm really good. And it's like, I don't get this like weird. Like we talked earlier about like hey. the floor at the comic-con and people yeah. who are thinking they're cool. This is the same thing. It's like an extension. And it's so weird to me. We're all nerds guys. Yes. We love space wizards. Like we're not freaking cool. Okay. Just deal with it. Let's all be friends and help each other out, man. <laughs> it's so, it is weird though. It's, it's just cause it's not. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we had uh, Kai Patterson on the podcast. He did yeah. the uh, recut of the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show into a uh, feature film thing. And the only thing he's ever had a problem with is he can't post, he can't post that on YouTube or anything like that, but he's been able to allow it to keep it on certain uh, servers and people could download it for free. The only thing he says is make sure that the only people who, and this is only him just covering his own ass is make sure you have a Disney plus subscription before you download this and watch this. Cause yeah, and, you're still giving I'm, in the money. But when, when I like, whenever I, I like, I don't ever badmouth anything. So mm -hmm. it's like I online, anything. And, people like dump on the force awakens i think like the force which is did you notice that weird divide with Rogue yeah. one and force awakens yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i legitimately have said that force awakens has some of the coolest ideas and concepts that yes. star wars has ever seen do i think that it was perfect no but i don't think there's anything perfect in star wars at all but like the ideas and the concepts and the themes and the things that are being brought up i absolutely love and i i don't understand this weird angry star wars fan thing it's like you don't own it you don't own it it's not no. yours and well, then it's not it's not taking like, away the things that you already love either yes. like relax if you hate it so much write your own yes. star wars audio drama and get blackballed well, by everybody we, when you try that's to, to say yeah don't it. write a draw audio drama I'll write a movie of some sort do because a you're movie, not gonna do a fan <laughs> film do a fan film about it because everyone will love that okay what you need now is you need to get an animator and do a couple yeah. of quick episodes just honestly not even all the episodes maybe like episode one of your show so that like it's like one of those things that gets people hooked into it animate even if it's crap you know did you ever watch uh ricky gervais's um 
Oh, they did. They did that with his podcast, yes, and HBO. Yeah, yeah, like that yeah. kind of thing. Where it's not even like amazing animation, just like clunky characters. Almost like do... Star uh, Star Trek or Star, Star 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 Wars meets like South Park. Where it's like I just like do a motion of... comic with it. Actually, yes. the first do a motion yes. comic with it on the first yes. episode. But even that's like like a few thousand dollars. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's it's frustrating. Like, <laughs> but it's like the the thing is, is my producer uh is very supportive of it and she's a huge star wars fan too and she goes she always gets this like if people would just listen to the first Mm -hmm. episode they would get hooked like she goes it's crack she goes when they listen to it they'll get in if they're a star wars fan it's like they'll like it the problem is is just getting them to listen to it you know and that it's like you're 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 really competing with a million different things and i yeah. can appreciate that i mean yeah. here's the joe rogan talks for four and a half freaking hours on his podcast you can't think that someone can listen to a 45 minute 50 minute episode of a uh, audio drama like come on people. yeah like, like i said 20 minutes it's 20 it's tw- <laughs> yes 20 minutes it's 20 minutes like i said 20 minutes to my work office to here and back that's mostly an entire episode like if you yeah. think about it, like you know, so like, why wouldn't I just do that on the way to work on you know on a Monday or Tuesday, or whatever? Just go bam back and forth. I could listen to the entire thing and, and encapsulate the entire episode in that drive. And so, if you said there's 12 episodes, you said the first season, yeah, that's 12 weeks of your time, one day a week listening to this. It's not that hard. And the best best part, like I said, is expands this already amazing universe with more stories that, let's be honest, are never going to be told by the actual yeah. people at Lucasfilm. You know I'll say stuff. like. It, or everybody that I've talked to that's in the 501st that has listened yeah. to it. Yes. Like, and I have in the second season, I have a bunch of people from the five, all that's of awesome. the stormtroopers in the second season are voiced by members of the 501st. Every one of them. Uh, because like one of my friends that I, that I got to listen to it, who's in the 501st, he was like, Oh, he's like, we're all like stoked for the second season, man. We can't wait for it to come out. And it, it's just, I just getting it in front of people. Yeah. I think that would be like awesome because it's, it's been such a labor of, and not just for me, but from the cast members yeah. that have been involved in the process the whole way through. And one of them who has worked on multiple star Wars properties has told me very bluntly. She said that you got to understand how lucky you are that you're doing this star Wars story and nobody is telling you what you can and can't do. It. Cannot do, yes, exactly. And she's like, so when you're done, you'll have crafted this wonderful little pocket of the universe that invariably and inevitably people will discover, and it'll be pure. And she's like, yes. and that is an amazing thing. And, and you need to, she's like, don't ever let yourself feel defeated. Be proud of what you've done with it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's so kind. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true, though, that you have, like, because you, things are untouchable in a sense. Like, you don't want to touch things yourself because of the yeah. fact that you, like, you don't want Luke Skywalker and all that. You don't want the no. Skywalker legacy. You don't want that, the, the Jedi part of it, like you mentioned. Um, but, like, it was funny as Mark Bernardin, who's been on the podcast, who talked about, he wrote a um, uh, black, white, and red Darth Vader comic book. And yeah, he was like, Adam he was trying to the art for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And he was trying to like talk about which characters he can use and cannot use and things. And he said, 
I had to try to not read too far into it because the most obscure things that I wanted to use in the story, I was not allowed to touch. And I'm like, why am I not allowed to touch? Are they going to do something with this? Like I try to figure out, not like negatively that he can't use yeah. it, but more along the lines of, oh, this makes this makes my ears perk up a little bit. Like, what are they going to do with this random character that I wanted yeah. to use? Jackson the rabbit? No, you can't yeah. touch him? No. Ooh, is there going to no be Jackson. a feature film? <laughs> yeah. Why is that? And I wanted to say, yeah. you know, I want to go on and on and on, but like one of the things I want to say, the best part, I think, on top of it actually being a well-written and well-performed audio drama is the intros to every episode. It totally makes me feel like I'm watching an episode, an episode of Rebels or or Clone Wars or any of those ones. And you get the very beginning, it says previously on, and that kind of yeah. like voice is so amazing because it's like, one of the things I've always had a complaint about, and I'm actually going to throw this complaint out there, not remembering whether or not you do a recap at the beginning of Dead Romans or not, but is... There's no recap in Dead Romans. See? <laughs> see? <laughs> sorry, I'm but, sorry. But, yeah, but like one of those things that I've always said is that if you do end up, like myself, I have like uh, 15 podcasts that I try my best yeah. to get in and out, is that there's a possibility that I will wait, uh, you know, episode... By the way, this released June 1st, not June 8th. Um do you remember that yeah. debacle? Yeah. No. Um, yeah. The uh, there's a possibility I didn't actually start listening to like June 15th. And so there's three episodes in there, but then maybe I won't yeah. start listening to it again for three ep- three weeks later because other things take precedence or whatever. And trying to forever have what happened between episodes three and episode four is sometimes hard. So having this whole like last time on kind of helps with that that thing. And one of the things I've always said is that- And we tried even... to mimic- Clone Wars yes. too. Yes, in that sense. Like one of the things I've complained the most yeah. about. I am a huge fan of the of the Ninja Turtles and the last Ronin series. It was was amazing and it's continuously being amazing. But the the idea that they released a comic book every three months and there wasn't some sort of recap at the beginning of it. I'm like, you have three months in between the last time that I probably read this book and yeah. now, and you're expecting me to immediately remember what happened on the final page. It's forced me to go back and read that book again. And it's, which I said, that's not a bad thing, but like with all the books and things that I want to or need to read, it doesn't, it takes too much time. So that's one thing. Dead Romans came out monthly. So it's not like, it's not like it's horrible in that sense. It is only five, five or six, six issues. Uh, yeah. and, and so like, you don't have to worry about it being like this long thing, but yeah, the, the, the previously on or last time yeah. we saw these characters is so good. And it sounds just like you to watch. Like if you just close your yeah. eyes, you'd think a Saturday morning cartoon was on TV of sorts. It's awesome. We got the guy who did the voice. His name's his name's Adam. Uh, he did the voice uh, of one of the Imperial officers in the first season. And he's a VO guy by trade. Like that's what he does. He's okay. another guy that I know in radio. Adam Herdman is his name. And he's, he's got, he's got amazing pipes. I kill for those pipes, <laughs> but like we, we played him the clone wars. And I was like, this is what I want. And I could see this like, really this is what you want this is like he goes you've got this really serious vibe and then this voice is like almost hokey i'm like yeah but as a star wars fan it works and he's like well i don't know i'm like trust me it works and so one of my friends who doesn't even really like mud he's like i'm not a big fan of it because like i don't feel like your voice is excited as it should be and i'm like (laughs) and and then he wrote me was i love the intro for it it's so great i'm like oh course you do of course that's what you love and it's yeah so that that was that was done uh 100 on purpose but I, i've got a i've got a run man i gotta get to work right now yes i mean i've got the other one too but like, the other thing is like i want to quickly is that you can feel this the upward the wipe on the screen you know like when you talk about like you can yeah. feel that and the, like he said that i can just like sit there and like i just feel like the world around me goes 
when like, yeah. I'm like oh my god we're into the world of star wars but yeah uh, yes the, we played the beginning for like because i do the audio production of the play yeah. but rob johnson does the final pass of the production yeah. to put it all together and post it so we played a like this is what it's gotta be like so that's that's a hundred percent on purpose that's and awesome. again don't own it just love it as yes. a fan for anybody listening i have no ownership no rights nothing we're just fans all right fanning out and it's just your yeah. ultimate the ultimate fan thing is to do that and honestly one of those things that people should say to people who had lucasfilm and, and, and george lucas and all those people who have created this thing is you should be an honor to have things like this created for it because it just shows that you how much respect and love you have for it and you're keeping within the respect of star wars lore by doing I this i think I'm pretty sure that there is like a great deal of love for the fans yes. and they love that fans love it so much. I really think that the fan community can be a lot more toxic to the property than the people yes. that are in charge of it. Yeah. And unless I start making and producing my own film to post and release and all that, I don't foresee no. any real legal issues. Cause I've been very clear. Like we're just fans, man. You're also in Canada. No one really. Yeah. <laughs> you're up in Canada. You're like, we are up here. It's, it's too far north for them to worry about. No. Okay, quickly. So let's finish this up. So uh, the current season is airing or, or on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those things right now yep. uh, for, for Mud 79. Second season starts right after the last episode on yep. August 24th is the second season. Um, I think you can, we have information up on capesandtights.com. As well as curious, this is by Curious Cast. This is on Curious Cast. Curious Cast. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're and, just and, hosting it. Yes, yeah. hosting it. But I just say, but they're the ones hosting it uh, uh, for them. So I wanted to give them a shout out too. But um, Fearless underscore Fred on Instagram and Twitter uh, yeah. is your stuff. Uh, Dead Romans is uh, getting a close to the end here, isn't it? Yes. It's funny. Dead Romans ends the same week season two of Mud Romans begins. <laughs> there you go. What's so, going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome. Get, check that out. And I will say, just the last point. Nick would be a great artist for a comic book version of this podcast. I'll tell you right well, now. We might be working on something, but <laughs> I can't say anything. But I will say that Nick is a huge fan. Like, he loves it a lot. So That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Fred. Have fun at, at San Diego. Hope a ton of people uh, get comic books signed by you and hang out with you and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm hoping that you have a fun job over at San Diego. And thank you for coming on and chatting Mud79 on the podcast. Well, thank you, man. I'm always eager to come back whenever you need me. And I yes. promise to be in a place with better internet. <laughs> I think it's funny. We've had a problem with internet here for the past couple of weeks. My wife is like, wants to call the internet company and be like, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. one of 700 people that probably call them. But yeah, um, but yeah exactly. So they're going to fix it right away. I'm sure they're going to. But uh, I appreciate it again. Uh, and again, fearless underscore Fred on social media. Uh, find Fred on all of his stuff. Buy Dead Romans. It's amazing. As well as listen to Mud79. Uh, wherever podcasts are found. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you.